Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Glad to have you with us. I'm Cassidy, and as always, I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Tits. Hey, guys. We are very excited for this week's episode because, I mean, it's Frozen 2, if it wasn't obvious by the title. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this came out, like, right before the pandemic hit. So yeah, like, Thanksgiving 2019. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then I think, if I remember correctly, I think it came to like streaming and like on demand and Blu-ray and all of that right around the time lockdown hit. Because of so I the know lockdown, when... <laughs> yeah. I... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so like at the beginning of lockdown, I think, I mean, I don't know if everybody was doing it, but I know the two of us were definitely like watching it on repeat because it was oh, like, yeah. I think it might have been the last movie we saw in theaters, or at least it was the last movie I saw in theaters before mm. the pandemic hit, which... <laughs> I don't know if that says anything about my movie watching yeah, or not really. I kind of watched Onward in theaters before uh, uh, theaters were shut down in my area, but this movie was definitely a highlight and highly anticipated too. Because like, yeah, yeah, it definitely how successful was. Frozen was. Um, let's talk about that. But before we do, guys, our usual spoiler warning is in effect. We'll be talking about everything like plot points and spoilers and all those things so if you haven't watched it it's on disney plus and i doubt that you guys haven't watched it because it again it's been on disney plus for a while now um but if you haven't go watch it because it's an amazing movie and quite honestly uh one of the rare incidents where a sequel was almost as good as the original if not better I feel mm-hmm. like so let's talk about that because um because we got a little bit of a teaser in 2018 if I remember correctly right it I was like so, a yeah. one minute teaser uh, I think we even dissected <laughs> that a while ago like whenever it came out ages um, ago ages yeah. ago yeah like four <laughs> years ago uh, approximately yeah oh <laughs> wow okay (laughs) it's been a minute but that one minute teaser it didn't give us any idea about what was going on because how did the teaser start it started off with Elsa by that dark uh, sea and we didn't know what it was she was testing out her powers and she it was it, it was incredible and we were like what is she doing what's going on and Let's talk about that for a hot minute because, like, honestly, it was a it was a very good teaser. Uh, in a, as in, it piqued our interest. So let's talk about that first. Yeah, I think it was interesting because, like you said, it piqued our interest, but it didn't give away a whole lot. So I think yeah. it definitely built up the hype for the movie, mm-hmm. which I don't really know if it needed because it was frozen and Disney yeah, like true. literally milking it for everything it was worth but um oh that's another we'll topic really... we'll touch when we're talking about this but sure go on yeah yeah it, it was really interesting like you said because um I think it's it's sometimes hard for movies to kind of hook people mm. without giving away a lot and um this too I think in some ways it was kind of like a gamble because mm. Frozen 2 came out six years after the first movie Correct. so there had already been a stretch of time and you know during that time of course then I don't really think it lost any popularity but um it was still yeah. you know several years after the first movie had come out and then to like give us a trailer 
but not give us any sort of indication of what the movie was, was um, I think a little bit of a gamble, but also I think it, it kind of paid off because, you know, of course we see Anna and Elsa and Olaf and like all yeah. these familiar characters. And yeah. I'm sure for little kids who grew up with the movie, um, I'm sure seeing them again in Frozen 2 was probably just exciting. Oh, for sure. Um, and Absolutely. I'm, I'm sure it was also like introducing these characters to a whole generation of younger kids. Mm as well as like maybe kids who were too little to remember the first movie yeah but were now like old enough to understand some of the concepts as well (laughs) I agree right I absolutely agree but let's talk you touched upon a very interesting thing um especially because you said that that Disney had been milking this franchise for everything it was worth and that's very true because they had Frozen Fever and then they had Olaf's Frozen Adventure. And while Frozen Fever was cool, it was short, like it was brief, basically. But Olaf's Frozen Adventure was not. It was no. not. <laughs> and they added it as a short before Coco, which caused a little bit of backlash. Let's talk about that a little bit. Not the, I mean, again. The story was good. I'm not saying that the story was bad. It was it was nice. It was a feel good Christmas story uh, for for these characters, and that's all great. But <laughs> I think they could have released it as a special on TV uh, on any networks that would have aired it instead of putting it in front of a movie that people were expecting to see. What do you think about that? Let's talk about that, yeah, and then we'll segue into the movie. <laughs> No, I definitely agree too. I think part of the thing that kind of annoyed me was that Coco was like, I, and I don't know that Disney did this intentionally or maybe not, you know, the the creators and like writers and like the crew on Frozen Fever, I'm not Frozen Fever, Olaf's um, Frozen Adventure, but Coco was like different, right? Like that was like one of the first movies where Disney was kind of exploring a different culture that wasn't, you know, kind of um, like something yeah. that they after Moana yes Um, exactly that's true well it was like the first one that was kind of in in some way focusing on like Dia de los Muertos and like all of that and so I was really looking forward to it um and it just putting the the frozen short in front of that kind of felt a little bit like it was taking away from like the impact of the movie just Mm. a little bit and I don't again I don't think that anybody like who worked on that short did this consciously i think it was more like an executive decision like from yeah i think that was more of an executive decision more than the people who actually made that short i think they would have been perfectly right. happy for this thing to air um i would like, like to as think a special. so but yeah i mean we never um, know but we're giving them the benefit yeah. of the doubt here right yeah right? but no I, I definitely agree i think it would have been so much more entertaining as like a tv short or like i get at that point i like disney plus was kind of in its early stages or like in development it wasn't even in like fully out it wasn't yet, exactly but, a thing that um, you're right mm-hmm. i think like releasing it on disney plus when disney plus came out would have been great too because then it's mm. still kind of generating interest in the frozen franchise yeah um, and then you know it's, if it's locked behind that paywall that would have been kind of annoying but it wouldn't have been in front of a movie that I think a lot of people just wanted to see. And, and I think the length of, of that short, which is not, it's not even really a short. It's like a little mini film. One, so it it's is. Like it's almost like half almost, an hour. Exactly. It was almost 30 minutes, which is like, dude, no, that's not a short. 
Yeah, and it was just like as much as I like enjoy these characters, it's like when is this going to end? Oh yeah, and um, in the I, process I don't know, of think... watching that movie, yes, because like mm-hmm. you're right, because when you're I, we're waiting for we're, we're waiting to watch Coco, and they're like they're playing you a twenty minute movie before something else. I'm like, I I mean, sure, this is nice, but where's Coco? Like, you know that whole right? Thing. Or like even putting it in front of a different movie altogether. Movie. I, I don't know if that would yeah. have been better, but mm. um, I just just putting it in front of Coco just did not like vibe with me. The best <laughs> not <decision>. really. <laughs> and, and the really sad part too is like I remember going to theaters to watch Coco, and then sitting through the short, and then like literally once Coco started, I don't remember anything about like I don't remember even remembering I watched that short mm. and then um like literally until you know we came home and were like spazzing about Coco then it was like oh yeah there was a short that came before him that, that we watched Coco was um, another awesome forgettable movie. short yeah. but um mm. yeah I mean I just think that they're milking Frozen as a franchise for like every penny they could squeeze out of it and mm. yeah to a certain extent like it did some stuff that was like ahead of its time I guess to a certain extent or maybe like it was just, I don't know. Frozen was a great movie, but I mm. think there's there's a line before something. There's a limit. Coming. Yeah, but, I yeah definitely agree. And like, with Frozen you. was like everywhere. Like you know, like you said, mm. they did the shorts, and then after the first movie premiere, they did a sing along version, which was like they re-released did. in theaters. Yeah. Um, they did like all sorts of like time. That had a stuff, very long run in theaters it because did, of the sing along yeah. version. I remember that. Right. And then even beyond that, like they started. I don't know who decided to do this or if it was just like the popularity or if it was like a fan thing but if you've ever ever seen once upon a time they work I, on an Elsa yeah, into once upon I a watched time, it is, I watched it um once upon a time it started off as like a really interesting show and then I just it, kind of fell off the bandwagon after no, it a bit does, but um but that that's for another podcast kind of show. Yeah. <laughs> once upon yeah. a time is for another podcast altogether yo okay that's like We'll talk about that um, at a different time. <laughs> yeah. If, but if we do it all. <laughs> if we do, if we ever decide to, some other time, right? Um, but yeah, um, but considering all of that, I'm really glad that the original writers and the original cast were all brought back to the for this uh, movie. And it turned out to be a really good uh, story so let's talk about that and because I I really liked how they did this actually how they executed this whole thing because Anna and Elsa's dynamic has sort of changed it's not oh God, yeah. it's not it's it, it, it's not how it used to be it's not they're closer than ever they're they're working uh, they're working on communicating properly with each other. And then there's Kristoff and Anna who have been together for quite some time now. And Kristoff is trying to figure out what to do next with their relationship, like propose and all those sweet things. It's amazing. It's, <laughs> it's really sweet. Um, but let's talk about how this movie begins because it it's a, it's a really sweet throwback to how the first movie also began with these two as kids and being silly and playing together uh, only like siblings would and let's talk about that because that again Disney has a very good um how do how do I put this it's a 
I, I, I don't want to call it a formula, but you watch those first five minutes and you know what the story is all about after but, but I do, yeah. sort of right so let's talk about that yeah I mean first, before we even get into it, I just want to say I really appreciate that the writers took their time yes to like put out the story and like yes. there was a six-year gap between the first and the second one mm-hmm. so like that was nice that they weren't just kind of rushing something through for the sake of like popularity and because they wanted to like get something out there um that was really nice so and I think they also like the way they phrased it when they talked about it it was like we're only going to do this if we have a story worth telling which which, again I'm just yeah I just appreciate it so much because it would have been so easy to be like oh look this thing made like a bajillion dollars let's just churn out as many as we can um and it could have kind of turned into like a cash cow like more than it already was or mm-hmm. is um but I'm glad that it didn't like they mm-hmm. took their time to like make the second yes. movie and like they really waited until they had a story so all of that is great and a good but, story um, like you said I absolutely agree yeah go on right um but as far as like those opening five minutes go it was or a few minutes um, I don't know. It was just so cute because it's something that I think we didn't get a lot of in the first movie. Yeah. Um, especially, you know, given the subject matter mm-hmm, <laughs> and like given what happens. Yeah. Um, but I think it just kind of adds like a new perspective to Anna and Elsa's dynamic because you don't yeah. really see them kind mm-hmm. of in- interact that way for the majority of like the opening yeah. sequences in the first movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it was just really nice to kind of see them be sisters not really have to worry about what else I can do and like yeah. what's going to happen to Anna and all that it was just like a really cute scene and I think it also paints their um, parents in a different light because a I think in the first movie um just based off of the brief scenes we saw with them there was a lot of like are they being too hard on Elsa are they being a little overprotective of Anna like you mm. know all these different things but I think you see more of them in the second movie. It's more, it gives you more context. Yeah, it gives you more context. Right. So So I just think it was nice that we got to see more of like their family dynamic for Mm -hmm. a brief bit, but still there. That's true. Let's also talk about that story that Agnar tells their kids, right? Because like the whole story about the elements and how they, how, how these people the Northaldra lived uh, in a settlement and were one with these elements of nature that came alive and filled with magic and all these things, right? And how suddenly when their king, uh, what was the, what was Agnar's dad's name? Uh, Rand- no, is it Randor? I don't know why I'm thinking that. I'm not, I'm not sure. I can't remember no, right now. I'm blanking out. We're franchise altogether. <laughs> It's been a while since we watched this. Rendor and Ragnar, I was like, these are all wrong yeah. franchises. Yeah. <laughs> Runard, Runard. Runard, yes. Runard is right. So he, when, when in Agnar's this young boy, when he visits uh, the, visits the Northaldra um, uh, with a delegation of Arendellian people along with his dad, right? And then suddenly something goes wrong, and he re- and uh, and and Runard dies, and basically um, it, the spirits lock the uh, kick the lock them out of the forest forever, and Agnar has to come home to become king. Uh, so that's an interesting story, um, and how it's framed. So let's talk about that a little bit, 
and how that the, the how that segues into what Iduna knows because that's a different story altogether. So let's talk about that. Yeah, I think it's really interesting because in some respects it's almost like there's a parallel between um Agnar's story and Elsa's. Mm-hmm. Uh, because Elsa also kind of took the throne after, you know, this kind of Mishap. accident yeah, or like exactly. disaster or, or yeah. struck and you know her, her parents drowned. And um I think especially regarding her powers, there's also like this mentality of like fear and mm-hmm. nobody really knew what she could do. And so mm-hmm. everybody was, you know labeling her as certain things that she obviously wasn't but i think in in agnar's case as well after that incident there was kind of like this stigma almost starting in the north ultra and it was like oh we don't really talk about them or we don't have anything to do with them because Mm -hmm. like they're strange and we don't know what they can do and so um i just found that kind of interesting that there's like some sort of parallel Mm -hmm. between the two Mm -hmm. um but it's kind of interesting to see that like i don't know because the the movie doesn't like explicitly address this yeah but obviously you know once Agnar takes the throne it doesn't really seem to suggest that he kind of retaliated in any way no or like did anything to kind of perpetuate this no like image of like the North Aldra being as like strange or like wild Mm. or um anything like that so I think um, he just left it alone sort of thing I think yeah I feel like he kind of had to as well because like Mm -hmm. that the forest was entirely just like sealed off and like no could off. get in. Exactly. So um I don't really think he had much options mm-hmm. as far as um kind of dealing with that situation went. But I would assume because you find out later in the movie that there's like a contingent of Arendellian soldiers still stuck in that forest. Still stuck there. Um, yeah. And I would assume that they would like do some sort of like rescue efforts or something to try and get them back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know either way. I just thought it was kind of nice that even though his father had seemed to have this one very specific image of these of people, these people yeah. his son obviously did not inherit that image or come to believe that. Same there might image. be a reason for that, um, and we'll, 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 well, fight, we'll talk about it. <laughs> but, but yeah, um, that's true. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, again, I just thought it was nice that he didn't—he didn't, he didn't yeah. automatically like before, you know certain events happened um I thought it was nice that Agnar was not like automatically just kind of taking in everything his father said and just assuming his father was like right about it. right about this agreed I definitely agree um now let's talk about Iduna's um uh what Iduna knows about this because it's very cryptic uh, what she says. She's like, because the kids ask her, what do you think is going to happen? Do you think the forest will wake? So she's like, only Atahalan knows. And, and, they, and it's, it's, it's strange because you're like, the, the kids are right to ask, who, what, what is that? And, and she just cryptically mentions that her mother used to mention a magical river named Atahalan. It used to have all the memories of the past, and uh, it, and it only that uh, that spirit could basically tell whether something like this could wake again. And again, this is such a beautiful segue into one of my favorite songs in the movie. It's it's very sweet, actually. So let's talk about all of that. Yeah, I mean, again, like the opening few like bits of the movie and I think you mentioned this before about yeah. how usually 
it, it is kind of to a certain extent like formulaic in that this is something that's been done before where like the opening few minutes kind of foreshadow what's to come or they hint a at plot. what's to come yeah um but I still think it was beautifully done and yes. yeah that opening song oh my gosh it was just so pretty yeah. um and yeah I mean again like I think I think we hinted at this. I don't think we've actually mentioned it yet, but I think in making this movie and like releasing it, obviously there was some sort of like bar that the movie had to cross. Oh, and for I think sure. there was definitely like a bar as far as the music went because Let It Go was just like an earworm and it just it was faded or not. I feel like um I mean I still hear it all the time, but part of it is because I I'm around kids a lot and like little kids I feel like are just like if you mention Frozen or if you say Anna or Elsa, even if it doesn't have to do with Frozen, <laughs> I feel like there's kind of spontaneously burst into song. But um, but no, I mean, as far as the music goes, I think like they definitely had to, like there was, I think, some like there expectation a, that like they yeah, had to exceed. I agree. Um, and I, at least personally, I think they did. Because like you said, no, I mean, Disney it's true. Had, a pretty crappy track record when it comes to sequels oh yeah dude. um granted i think a lot of the sequels have also been like direct to videos so oh yeah I, I don't think that's helped <laughs> but this one um i think because they took their time to kind of craft the story and like the mm-hmm. time to like plan it and like mm-hmm. all of that i think it kind of shows because even if you don't think the second movie is better than the first i think it at the minimum you can still call it like a good movie no it's Um, true it is yeah it it definitely um, is yeah like music wise i just i think the music is amazing and phenomenal and there's so many songs i love oh my gosh oh yeah um, because this one is is it's just i love the sentiment of it as well because i think this is not i think this is the first time it gives you an insight on how Anna and Elsa were with their mom right <laughs> it's like it's very sweet how she knows how to just put them to bed and calm them down or just talk to them and just you know stay with them if they have to and all those things it's just a very sweet right. thing really. it is and I think like we mentioned earlier it was just really nice to see like mm-hmm. this like period of time that was I guess you could say it was like a happier period in their life, mm-hmm. you know, before there was, was the, the accident with Elsa's magic yeah. and before she and yeah. Anna were kind of separated, separated and, and yeah. all of that stuff. So it was just like a moment when they were still together and kind of, I think, unburdened. Unburdened is the right comfort. word. I, would, I agree with so, you there. Unburdened um, is the right word for this. I agree. Yeah, I think just having seen the first movie and like knowing what happens, especially as far as like their childhood goes. Yeah. Um, I think it this was really nice that we got like sweet. The... Yeah. 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 And I love how it transitions, this moment, how it transitions into present day and shows Elsa <laughs> remembering that moment of her as a kid and her mother singing the song to her. It's like a really beautiful moment. I just love it. And I also kind of found it funny how she gets startled and her powers still get the better of her in some moments. Most of the time she's fine, but when she starts, like, oh God, <laughs> it's really yeah, sweet. No, and I think, I mean, this is like it was such a minor moment, but I really yeah. liked that enough time had passed between the first and second movie that like the general population it seemed like got yeah. used to her and like nobody yeah. was like afraid of her and like yeah. when that happened like I think one of like the the palace staff had been like 
you know calling her attention and like yeah. their first reaction was not to like jump or like be stumbled like, are you like, okay, okay. Is, is it fine yeah <laughs> yeah and I was like they were so chill about it and I was like that's yeah. it it was again such a minor detail yeah but I really appreciated that like even though I think like there, there's like a time skip that just sets like three years later in the movie yeah. or something yeah um but I, it was like nice to know that like even though yeah, they just, just like, takes place mentioned three years skip, after the first movie but yeah yeah, yeah. exactly and there's like little kind of like nods to that that like enough yeah. time has passed that yes. people are not like jumping every time Elsa does something yeah so yeah that was sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Let's also talk about how Olaf's character has changed a little bit here because he's he's still easygoing. He's still that funny snowman that we all know, but he's also thinking about other things. Like he's getting pretty deep in this movie. So let's talk about that too. Kind of like having an existential crisis. Right? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think what's what's kind of brilliant about the movie is that, like, Olaf is, like, he'll ask these really deep questions that I think kind of make his character slightly relevant to adults. Like, he's not just, like, for adults watching the movie, it's not just that Olaf is, like, comedy or, like, yeah. just that. Yeah, but, he's asking um, some very he, interesting questions, let's not lie. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So, like, adults can can sit and ponder on that but for kids like the kids I'm sure like I remember being in the theater mm-hmm. and watching it and there were several kids in the audience and anytime Olaf was on screen they would all just like burst out laughing and I was like like That's adults nice. would not like I mean I think yeah. adults would like laugh at like some of the deeper questions he asked mm-hmm. but kids would just like laugh at anything kind of nonsensical as he did and yeah. so um I thought that was really nice that, like even though like in the first movie obviously he didn't have a huge role but mm-hmm. like he was still kind of relevant to the he story. was important and mm-hmm. um I like that they found ways to keep him relevant for the second story because otherwise oh, he yeah very easily have been like oh well why like why should he, we care he could about have very that? easily <laughs> been comedic relief but that wasn't exactly. the case thankfully I oh, agree right. I mean he did have comedic relief moments he is he is, but not um, completely. He, he wasn't completely right. shorned into that role. Like, he exactly. wasn't. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I kind of liked so, like that. I liked that, like, there was enough of, like, a balance where it was, like, yeah. adults could find something funny from, like, all his, like, questioning and, like, yeah. um, like all these deep philosophical questions that he was yeah. pondering about. Yeah. And, like, kids would just be, like, like, every time he was, like, hello, Samantha, or, like, whatever. <laughs> like, all the kids would, like, crack up. So yeah. um, I liked, like, the... The, the balance like you said I yeah, agree with you yeah. there <laughs> and also the song that plays during this montage really cool because like uh, I, I mean I like I love all the songs in this movie they're pretty fun actually <laughs> some things never change really interesting because it gives you an insight on what everyone's thinking Anna's just like hey things are okay Olaf you don't have to worry about everything things are fine finally we're all together that's all that matters just stay right. chill kind of thing and then there's Kristoff like I want to ask her to marry me how do I do this kind of thing and then and then Elsa's like I feel restless but I know I have everything I want so what do I do about it kind of thing right mm-hmm. it's a really right. nice mix and how this leads up to the whole charades game that they play and how that is again a lead up to how Elsa's feeling all together so let's talk about that mm-hmm. because I like how this sets it up uh, re- it sets it up really well but it, yeah let's talk about it 
Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of songs in like kind of quick succession in this movie. Yeah. But one of the things that I appreciated was I felt, and I don't know if this was intentional, but this is just mm. kind of the vibe that I got from it. Mm. But it felt like they weren't trying to outdo Let It Go. Oh, uh, thank goodness really they weren't. Because yeah. Let It Go was like massive when it came Dude. out. Um, yeah. And yes, I think it very easily could have turned into okay well let it go is such a big thing we have to find like at least three ways to top it and they could have just focused all our efforts on like trying mm-hmm. something like that mm-hmm. but they didn't and I think the movie's actually better for it because I absolutely I think, agree yeah yeah like whether or not you like any of the songs in the movie or whether you think they're better or worse than let it go that's a different discussion but mm. I think at least they're different enough that like it doesn't feel quite like they were trying to top Let It Go and trying to make like another chart topper or whatever. I want to talk um, about that for a second because I you're very right in saying this because they could have tried to top Let It Go and I'm glad that they didn't because in here, I felt like these tr- whatever songs that they had were well-placed and kind of required <laughs> for a musical right for like for these characters to express these feelings through song which is great I enjoy musicals they're fun for me but like you said like you said they were in good spaces and at a point where you didn't feel oh why are they doing another song now no it didn't feel like that it felt like oh okay cool They're, they're expressing this through song fine let's have it it was like that so I enjoyed that yeah and also I think because they weren't trying to talk let it go Mm -hmm. it was actually a lot nicer because they got I think more creative than they were in the first movie like lost in the woods is like so oh we're gonna talk about that like we're gonna talk I love love that but like that is something yeah like if you would put that in frozen one and like in any way shape or form um I don't think it would have worked as well Mm. because like they obviously had like a very clear story that they were trying to tell and again the songs and that were like very intentional Mm -hmm. but here I think they could take chances and do kind of mm. like more creative like kind of wackier things like that <laughs> and um I really liked that like they, they had like a, a pretty wide array of songs and it wasn't all yeah. like uh kind of like those powerhouse ballads or whatever you call them no dude but, yes uh, it was amazing yeah oh yeah, my god again I mean I think we really enjoyed it but again I just yes not to kind of harp on this over and over but I just I'm so thankful that they were not trying to like make every single song compete against let it go because then we wouldn't have had like i mean i'm assuming we wouldn't have had some of like the i guess iconic songs that this movie came with but um yeah i mean the the music was like i think like you said it was it was like each song kind of fit well on the scene and that it did um although i think like personally i was a little bit i don't i don't know if it like surprise is the right word but i guess I don't know if anybody's counted. I haven't counted. I don't know how many songs are in the second movie versus the first movie. But like a couple points, I did feel like they were like there was like song and then like very quick there was like another song. So mm-hmm. I know like at a couple of points I was like, oh, we're launching into song again. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I don't think there's any song personally that I listened to that I was like, this should not be in the movie at all. Yeah, th- that's more important, I feel like, because musicals are meant for you to basically you know express your express a character's feelings through song that's what a musical Mm -hmm. is right so as long as the song feels like okay this character needs to express themselves right now and they're gonna do it through song so like it's fine like 
I don't know if any, I'm sure like some directors are guilty of this, but also I feel like when you have a really good cast and like a really talented oh cast, God. it can yeah. be tough to like not, not take advantage of, of the those. cast. Exactly. I, and, yeah. and I think like one of the downsides about film is that like there's only a finite amount of time to tell a story. Mm. And especially with like animated movies, like oh, yeah. these are usually like an hour and a half at most. <laughs> yeah like yeah sometimes a little bit longer but usually like under the two hour mark yeah true. um certainly I think under the two and a half hour mark oh and sure so, like, yeah. you're limited in the amount of time you have to tell a story and like sing song <laughs> so um I as much as I think sometimes I was surprised by like the pacing um I don't think it really bothered me it was more just like oh I didn't realize we're turning to songs so quickly <laughs> <laughs> um but I, I like I think it, I can see why they would insert kind of X many songs in a given movie, especially if like the talent is so talent, if the cast is too talented. But oh my god, yeah, dude, the, this vo- this voice cast hats off to them, man. The performances oh god, like yes. just blew my mind, and we'll talk about that when we talk more about this movie. Uh, but yeah, let's talk about that whole charade scene because it sets up how Elsa's feeling really well right she you can tell that she's struggling with something she doesn't know what no one knows what and she doesn't want to make things she's already I mean she's in the good she's in a sort of good space now and she doesn't want to jeopardize that and right. so it's like really difficult for her and then there's Kristoff trying to propose and Anna being kind of oblivious to this whole thing and she's like she doesn't mean to brush Kristoff off, but she's more concerned about her sister for the time being. So let's talk about all of that and how it leads up to Anna and Elsa's conversation and the whole into the unknown segue. Because I let's talk about that. Yeah, I mean, one that segue was really cool. Yes. Um, but also I just thought it was it was one, it was a nice moment of levity, you mm-hmm. know, before things kind of I don't want to say like get dark, but you know, pick, things definitely turn dark. I'd say. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and also it was just really interesting because like you said, I mean, I think you mentioned earlier, like Elsa is in a place where she should have everything she wants, but she's yeah. still not feeling quite comfortable in her own skin um or maybe that's not the right term like she's comfortable I think in her own skin but she's not quite comfortable with like where she is and and there's still so many unanswered questions Uh, that is yeah exactly Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and um I think because she's never really like before when her parents were alive I don't really know if she ever asked like why am I the one who has these powers or like what does it mean and And I don't think they knew either right yeah exactly Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think afterwards too like especially after they passed away there was mm-hmm. a lot of like prep to get her ready to you know become well, queen for her yeah, exactly. and all of that and so I don't really know that she had a lot of time to like dwell on that mm-hmm. but now that things have settled it's been three years since the events of the first movie yeah. she's had plenty of time I would imagine to think about that and so um, it seems like that's something that she's kind of been pondering a lot. And then yeah. to top it all off, she's been hearing like this weird voice kind of calling exactly. out to her. Yeah. And she doesn't know what it means. So um, I think like that, like all those questions, because she doesn't have any answers and she doesn't mm. really know how to get answers mm-hmm. either just yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's kind of been like eating away at her. And so because bit. of that, mm-hmm. um, she's not quite like, I, I don't know how to describe this. Like she's there. But like she, she kind of feels like I don't know. 
that like maybe she doesn't belong there like maybe there's more that she has to do to find out like why certain things happened and 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 all of that and so um it's kind of like she's got like like she's kind of like got split focus like one part of her is like focusing on her role as queen and the other is like there's this huge question mark about her life that she kind of wants answers to you brought up a very interesting point where she where you say she's split because i think that is a very good point and that is a good a good lead up to what happens in the end and i love how they executed that and i loved it uh and we'll talk about that but let's talk about into the unknown here because like again the song again is a great track it's it's amazing right again idina idina menzel basically just she's amazing right yeah and there's nothing else i can say about that I know. but um but then the song is a very good insight into how Elsa's feeling and what she's thinking and how she wants to let her magic out and explore more with her magic and she doesn't know what that means but and then she suddenly sees these she uh, accidentally lets out these crystals and awakens something in nature that basically (laughs) causes earthquakes and the fire to go out and the waters to just uh go back or recede or whatever let's talk about all of that because i think that's really interesting uh but before we do i'm sorry because i need to rewind for a little bit because elsa and anna have a sweet moment when um when anna's worried because i think i love how anna stepped in to being more of her own person in this movie mm-hmm. i really love that because she's like why uh, because Elsa does say I have my doubts I don't want to mess anything up because things are finally in a good place for us I don't want to mess it up and Anna's like you're not messing anything up when are you going to see yourself the way I see you you're not doing anything wrong and I love that moment too so let's talk about all of that yeah it was such a sweet moment because I think like you said um Anna's kind of stepped into her own role now and I think also because they've kind of had this in a way like reconciliation at the end of the first movie where it's Mm -hmm. like they realized um why they were kind of kept apart for part of their childhood and all of that Mm -hmm. and like despite that you know that never really did anything to their bond and now they're so Mm -hmm. much closer because of it um I I just thought it was so sweet like you said that Anna was like when are you gonna see yourself the way I see you Mm -hmm. and like not as like somebody who's um you know messing up or somebody who like doesn't yeah. belong but like somebody that people will support or at least Anna will support unconditionally yeah. I mean like yeah. I think for her there's very little else that could do where she would be like absolutely not I'm not gonna follow you yeah exactly but, um it just I don't know it was really sweet to see like mm-hmm. their bond as sisters again yeah. kind of be the focus of the movie mm-hmm. especially not to like discount the movies that have come before but like in a lot of Disney movies you know it's usually like some sort of like romance or something yeah. especially like the the, I guess what you call it the classics um, I, I'd say and, so Lilo and Stitch was the so, exception I feel like yeah but yeah I, I know what you I'm mean I'm talking like you know like Cinderella Snow no, White I, Sleeping yes. Beauty like all of those princess movies um, Disney princess yeah, movies let's yeah. say yeah that's I probably a better way to put it yeah um, but it was nice to see like instead of this being like mm-hmm. solely focused on like Anna or Kristoff um, it still kind of it like it, it 
has you know moments for everybody like they you know they do touch on like Anna and Kristoff's relationship and then yeah. of course Anna and Elsa's relationship and all of that and mm-hmm. uh, I thought that was really nice but mm-hmm. yeah that line was was I think really moving and then also um one of the things that I think was really interesting about Into the Unknown is like when you hear the song there's a line mm-hmm. where Elsa says like I'm afraid of what I'm risking if I follow you and I just thought that was really cool too because that's kind of like hinting a little bit at the way she feels and how she's kind of like that she wants to follow but she's scared about doing so I agree yes absolutely so um I thought that was cool too like another Mm. nod to like her again like I think we said her split focus where it's like she Mm -hmm. recognizes like there's this question mark and there's all these things she wants to find out about herself and her Mm -hmm. abilities but she's clean now and, and she has her family she has her friends she has yeah. the kingdom like yeah and, and I think from her point of view it's like it would be stupid of me to like risk all of this and throw this all away to just go for chase that yeah that, like, exactly yeah. agreed uh, uh, to chase what seems like a wild goose chase basically right like <laughs> you know I mean of course I'm not saying it's a it's not important it really is but like what is she going to find there's the right, right there's all of that yeah, I think it was more confusing for her too because she seemed to be the only one that could hear that voice. Yes. And nobody else could hear it. So it's like maybe she thought she was going crazy or maybe she felt like I'm just imagining things because like nobody else could hear it and mm-hmm. nobody obviously commented on it. Mm-hmm. But um, I think like, you know, she eventually was kind of forced to, to follow that because like you said, um, after the events of the song, nature just kind of goes haywire yeah she unleashes something um, and awakens something that makes everything go haywire yeah exactly mm -hmm. yeah yeah so unfortunately like the arendellians are forced to kind of evacuate yes and just kind of leave their their kingdom because nature has gone crazy Mm -hmm. which i think was like a really interesting premise Mm -hmm. um especially because i don't think because we we talked about like the the teasers and like the trailers Mm -hmm. and stuff before yeah. but like the trailers don't give any of that really oh, away exactly it's very vague but like once um I think like you said it's, it's vague but it still piques your interest but like once mm-hmm. you get into the movie and it's like well nature's gone crazy and they have to kind of or Elsa and Anna and Kristoff and Olaf have to find a way to kind of rein these nature spirits in before it destroys Arendelle yeah. um I think I don't know because I feel like it's a very simple kind of plot in the it sense. It is, and there's no exact at the surface level, it's kind of what either. is it? Yeah, <laughs> but like, well, I think there is a villain. Sort but of. He doesn't have a lot of screen we'll, time. We'll get to that in a bit. But like, like you said, it's not a very straightforward. Um, it, it's like you said, it's a simple story, right? <laughs> the elements are awakened. These the kingdoms in danger. You have to go to find out what's happening to stop it. Simple plot, right? But mm-hmm. there's very much more to it. And this leads to uh, Grandpa B meeting these guys. And I, and I find this one line that Grandpa B mentions very um, interesting. Because after he tells them, hey, this is what's happening. You've awakened something. So you might want to go and see what this is about. And that's when Elsa's like, okay, I heard this voice. I think we should follow it. I think that's the only way to understand what's going on. And she she basically does uh, talk. She wants to go out to tell the, the people that this is what they're doing so that they can stay put while all this is happening. But Grandpa B tells Anna something that uh, which I find really interesting. 
And this was in the trailer too, because Grandpa P says, we always thought that Elsa's powers would be too much for this world, but now looking at all this, we have we need to pray that they'll be enough right? to stop whatever's going on. And that's like, now let's talk about Anna's situation for a second. She's already lost her sister once, right? <laughs> In her, she's already lost her sister once. So for her to lose her again to something like this is like really kind of, I, I don't want to say triggering, but it's more like, no, I'm not letting this happen kind of thing, right? So let's talk about right. that. And then their whole journey to the forest and how Olaf is trying to <laughs> lighten the mood. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at least at the beginning, like with regard to Grandpappy's line about Elsa's power being up, I thought that, that was really cool. Not that, you know, obviously what it means for her is kind of daunting, but it was interesting to see that, like, this, there's a line of, it's an interesting plot yeah. line, I'd say. Yeah. There's like this, there's been this shift, obviously, in like the three years from the first movie to yeah. the second movie, where it's like in the first movie, it's like, um, it's too much. And now it's like, no, 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 we need all of her skills and her abilities. Like, yeah. is it enough? So I thought that was cool that there's like this. To stop whatever she's awakening, basically. Yeah exactly right um and then um like you said I mean Anna's obviously of course kind of she, she's had to watch certain things happen mm-hmm. as a child and then you know it's like a young adult be put through certain things that yeah. um wasn't really her fault wasn't really Elsa's but like their kind yeah. of separation and like the way Elsa was kind Bad of circumstances like <laughs> yeah yeah but like I think you know especially after the events of the first movie and like knowing of course now what she knows about Elsa Mm -hmm. um again I just thought it was like really sweet that she's willing to go with her to like the ends of the earth if needed because that's her Mm -hmm. older sister and like yeah there's very little Elsa could do where Anna would just be like no I'm not gonna follow you no I'm not gonna support you exactly and um I think maybe Elsa isn't used to that in the sense (laughs) For so much of her early childhood, and even Anna's, like they've both been kind of isolated. Yeah, and they didn't really have each other to like rely on. Or, like, Let, yeah, I. This reminds so. me of that scene where Elsa's like, "I have to go on my own," but Anna's like, "Hell no, you're not going. That you're not going on your own. I'm coming with you." And uh, Elsa's like, "I have my powers. You don't. Uh, no, I climbed over the North Mountain all by myself." without any powers <laughs> I, I I found you without all my powers I basically dealt with all of this and got rid of Hans without all my powers so yeah I'm coming so you're not stopping me and Elsa can't say no she's like oh god what do I even say Anna's not wrong like Anna did all that, like she said without powers but also like I think the nice thing at least maybe for an older audience is that you can probably understand where both of them are coming from yeah because um they're going into like dangerous territory they're also both you know the rulers slash leaders of Arendelle yes um from like you know a leadership point of view it's yeah. not it's a not good just decision Elsa. To have it's both. Both. yeah that's true yeah that's true um but also, like Anna says, I mean, she's done so much without powers. Mm-hmm. And again, it's her sister. Like, how do you yep. just let your family go on, like, you know, quest when you don't really know what's going to happen? Yeah. Uh, and there's nobody else, really, that would go with Elsa. There's nobody else that can go with Elsa. Um, and this is something that 
I think the way Grand Poppy kind of frames it is like the two of them have to she go needs, or like somebody. Yeah, yeah. And also Elsa needs mm-hmm. all the help she can get from what Grand Poppy is saying, right? So it's not right. just exactly. And I, I think also... the other really sweet thing, like this is such a minor thing too, but really I just wanted to mention um it was so sweet that like Kristoff comes along too. And it's not like he's coming along just because he's in a relationship with Anna. It's like he and Elsa, even he though and it's Elsa not have shown a bond often, too. They yeah, have a bond. Yeah, they're, they're like they're... they've all cut and close, all three of them. Yeah. And like, yes, he's like in a relationship with Anna, but like but they're, obviously they're still cool Elsa's with each other. Friend. Yeah. Yeah, they're exactly. cool with each other. So, so it's fine. Yeah, I just thought that was really sweet that he like tags along. It and not, is. It's not just because Anna's no, no, his girlfriend. it's like it's basically like Elsa and Kristoff are also like they have they have their own thing, so that's really sweet. <laughs> also, again, this is another good instance of Anna stepping into her being her own person, and I really love that because I think, I mean, in the first movie she was still awesome, but this movie just I I don't know in a way it really cements her character as like oh my god this girl has grown up to be really cool kind of thing you know like it's just. There are a few moments and we'll talk about more. But while we do this, let's talk about Olaf's stupid, silly jokes, trying to pass the time, and also how Kristoff tries to propose. <laughs> because I mean, Christoph it's a hot mess. Like... <laughs> let's talk about that. Yeah, I felt so bad for him because he's so earnest about it. And like yeah. you can tell he's like really into it. And like yeah. he's like, Yeah, this is it. Like, I'm gonna do it. And like you can see him work up the courage. Yeah. But, um, it just it just doesn't work out because like Anna's so focused on like like all these things she's heard, and, like Elsa's like doing this thing again. And yeah. like, can I stop her? Can I pull her back from the edge? Like, what does that yeah. mean? And like Kristoff being like, you know, the sweet idiot he is, like trying these things of like, I think we like our relationship needs to change. And I'm like, wait, what? Like you're like, is this like a breakup? Like, what's going on? This is a breakup. What do you want to do? He's like, no, no, that's not what I want. <laughs> It's the opposite. Know, it's, he can't even say it. it he just says the wrong yeah. thing without even. I mean, I I don't think he wants to say the wrong thing, but he's just like, no. I. It's just it just comes out wrong. Uh, it, the first time he's like, uh, remember we met on the night just like this, and you you were you were crazy to marry someone you just met. You think I was crazy? No, this is not what I'm saying. <laughs> yes, you kind of were, but now you're not because we were both new to love. And it just, oh my God. We, we have secondhand embarrassment from this. We had secondhand embarrassment. We so did. But like, even though it was a hot mess and it was very, I think, embarrassing watch at points it was still endearing because like you could yeah. see that Christoph was being really earnest he of course yeah. really meant it unfortunately yeah. though at that particular moment mm-hmm. Anna was just like in this weird headspace where it's like all she was focused on was like Alta and like yeah. my sister's doing this thing again where she's shutting me out and she's yeah. like thinking of things and I don't yeah. know if I can pull her back and mm-hmm. um I think that's something that like grandpappy had already warned her about too that like you know going too far yeah. is something that could happen and then yeah. once you kind of cross this invisible line it's all but impossible to like come back from that and I think Anna's just like very worried like you yeah. said that whatever path they're on now could lead to her ultimately losing Elsa and so she's trying to prevent that at all costs yeah. Christoph is just like I need to propose and I need to do it now 
I'm like, it's just unfortunately the timing didn't work. Very bad timing. The poor boy can't catch a break. And then the second time. So here's the thing. The first, so that's the first time. Now, this is when they actually reach the forest. And let's talk about that interesting venture because it's completely locked out, shrouded in mist. Again, beautiful scenery. Like, it's just incredible scenery. But then let's talk uh, because but the but how they get in or how they end up getting in is kind of interesting because Elsa's magic kind of awakens something in that fog and basically pushes them in with no way out, right? <laughs> then there's the whole Gale incident. Let's talk about all <laughs> of that because that's funny. It is. I mean, it it was. Um, a really interesting scene in that, you know, obviously we've been told up until now that, like, the forest has barred entry to, like, everyone, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, like, here's this group of four people just kind of waltzing up, and it, just because else is magical, it seems, like, mm-hmm. everything kind of opens or unlocks for her, yeah. but um, I did also like the, the wind spirit they named mm-hmm. Gail. Yeah, they named it um, Gail, yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. But um, no, that was a really interesting scene because um, it, it does part for her and like they're able to enter the forest, but then they're kind of pretty quickly attacked. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, the really interesting thing too is that I think Elsa was like kind of singled out. So like even though Anna, Kristoff and Olaf were kind of in this tornado, yeah, um, Gail just didn't really care about them. She's only kind of focused on Elsa, but then when Elsa uses her magic to stop her or it, however you want to call it, whatever the spirit um, is, it makes like it manifests really... some sculptures or yeah, points yeah. in time or memories. Let's talk about <laughs> that too. And uh, we also need to talk about Kristoff's second failed proposal. <laughs> <laughs> but we will let's talk about this first because this is a really interesting plot point right because the um th- she makes this kind of uh, uh, to stop gale basically she sends out this ice blast that basically creates these memories right <laughs> um they don't know what that is but it is but one of these sculptures feels familiar to her to them and we'll talk about that in a little bit but they also see a big dam right because (laughs) agnar had mentioned in their story that runard had commissioned a dam so that they could have fair trade with the northaldra people basically right and then Kristoff makes a very interesting point. He's like, I'm glad that dam is still standing. Thank goodness. Uh, like, what do you mean? Thank goodness. What's going to happen? Because basically he's like, if that, if that dam broke, that fjord would basically overflow and flood everything, everything in its <laughs> way. And even Arendelle. And that's where the second failed proposal happens. Um, <laughs> poor boy he, he tried brings best. up an existential crisis and how they're eventually going to die while trying to propose not the best <laughs> idea man don't do it i've never proposed but <laughs> even i can tell you that <laughs> right yeah i've never thought of proposing but no 
child no don't do it please <laughs> it's the poor boy he just like you think we're gonna and Anna's like you think we're gonna die I should have never left out society what's going on oh my god what it's kind of like it's insane and and I think this is when they actually meet both the Northaldra and Erendelian soldiers so let's talk about that meeting because that's super interesting so let's talk about all of that it is yeah I mean especially when we see the North Alder for the first time I think it's the first time that they've had contact with um anybody obviously in like the last 30 some odd years or something because the forest has kind of prevented people of course from entering so this is like the first time they're seeing anybody and then also um it's of course the leaders of Arendelle Mm -hmm. um but I think what's really interesting is we get this revelation Mm -hmm. of course like as their kind of conversation unfolds that Iduna was Northaldra and yes um, the pattern on her scarf that Anna and Elsa have brought along and um Anna makes the connection that the statue that like the ice sculpture that Elsa made um was of her yeah mother when she was much younger because she's wearing the same scarf and Mm -hmm. like that detail was preserved in the ice sculpture that and the version of Yuli that you hear from these people then is what's beautiful I cannot oh my god it's so pretty it is dude it's like it sends you chills, like you know the way that that, that whole the tone of it, the it, this, the instruments that they use. It's just amazing. I loved it. It was. I know it, it's beautiful. such a gorgeous song. It's so short, like in that one yeah. instance or like yeah. that one scene. But oh my god, it's so pretty. Yeah, it's amazing. Also, let's talk about Olaf here for a second. How he channels Luis from the Ant Man franchise <laughs> to explain. <laughs> how how they came to be there to everybody it's kind of funny and it is all, yeah it's I mean, also, again, I think yeah that's kind of like the balance right like he has yeah. his comedic relief moments and like moments yeah. that are I think very much geared to like the younger audience where he's yeah. just like saying kind of dumb stuff that's like mm-hmm. meant to be funny mm-hmm. but then he's also like asking like these really like deep philosophical questions and there's like all these things on like change and how do you adapt to it and like how you should feel or how you might feel and it's like yeah. for a talking snowman sometimes he gets really deep mm-hmm. he he does he really does and after all this, the funny thing here is that both the Arendellian soldiers and the North Alder have been stuck there for a while, for about 34 years, approximately. That's a very <laughs> long time. And then Anna recognizes one of them as Agnar's um, bodyguard, personal guard, right? Something like steward, something like Lieutenant that. Lieutenant Matthias. Again, voiced by. I used to know his name. Now I can now I forget. Uh, Sterling K. Brown. Sterling K. Brown. Yes, I remembered Brown. I didn't remember his first name. <laughs> but sorry, man. You were great. Just saying. That was also cool. But yeah, because... Um, and then they're, they're talking amongst themselves. And one of the people from the North Aldra, Honey Marin, she's like... She, she she talks to Elsa about how there's there's a fifth spirit connecting all these four spirits to one basically that's like the center of both the spirits and human all, all and all humans where basically magic and people collide kind of thing right 
And then there's right. this whole, and then uh, uh, again, uh, there's this whole moment with where uh, they actually find a fire spirit as well, because Bruni's entrance is really frightening, but then you find out what Bruni is and how cute she is, and you're like, really? You did this to <laughs> us? Why? Let's talk about all of that, because again, there's a few moments here where Anna really shines, but let's talk mm -hmm. about that uh, that moment, because you uh, you finally see Elsa test her powers against the spirit, right? It's like, that's what you, and then it's like, at first, the spirit is like hissing back, but then, but then Elsa and that that little fire spirit actually bond, which I think is really sweet as well. It is. Right? It was so cute, and I think I don't know if that was like a marketing thing where they just made it as cute as they could to try oh and market God, it. It's totally a marketing, marketing. I have a Bruni plush. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, that, that's probably. <laughs> I think that speaks it up. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? But, um, it's really cute. No, I yeah. mean, it is It is really cute. But yeah, I mean, I think it was really cool because obviously in the first movie, we didn't get to see a ton of Elsa using her powers mm -hmm. for very yeah. obvious reasons. I mean, there's like yeah. that beautiful palace that she makes during the Let It Go scene. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, a couple of other instances here and there, but mostly she held back. And I think now she's not so much holding back and especially like in this scene where you mm -hmm. know it's a fire spirit that's like literally torching anything it can yeah. Elsa is just like uh, she's like uh, like kind of just doing what needs to be done without worrying I think too much about like yeah how much power she's using or yeah. any of that um and so like that was really cool to see her just kind of yeah. go in and just like do something without worrying too much about like the strength mm -hmm. of her powers yeah but also there was this, this really interesting line that Anna says at one point yeah. where she follows Elsa into like a blaze and Elsa is just like are you nuts no, you can't just follow me into fire and then I love Anna's response to that which is I where know. she shines so she's like you don't want me following you into fire then don't run into fire which is like yes thank you <laughs> like dude yeah I, I I wonder though like obviously like in the first movie because Elsa was so guarded she would have never put herself in that situation mm. but now it's like does she know that she's immune to certain things because like I would imagine just having like, power just, doesn't make I you immune to fire. I think that's Anna's but... fear. I think Anna's fear is yeah. that she's she's being careless about this about mm. her limits as well. Right? right yeah and so like I think that's probably why she just despite not having any powers herself she's like screw this I'm just yeah. gonna be where Elsa is yeah <laughs> um, no but, but that's why yeah, I said I mean, Anna really shines in this movie like dude right? like yeah oh my I mean God. Like, I think she has a valid point though right like I mean honestly like if you don't want people to come rescue you from fire maybe don't go into the fire <laughs> uh not that Elsa really needed rescue but I think Anna was just very afraid after yeah. everything of like losing her again yeah and so it was like I'm just going to be wherever she is, like, whatever yeah. I can do to help. Exactly. Um, unfortunately, I think that kind of stressed Elsa out more, but I think a little bit. Like, <laughs> stressing each other out for, like, the first portion of the movie. Yeah. I think, I think, I think Elsa has caused Anna a lot of heart attacks in the, in the beginning of this movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. you know? <laughs> anyway, that's for a different time, right? Because then, then Kristoff is off wandering about his own 
quandary basically he's like how do i propose to this girl without messing it up and then one of the people there is like hey i can help you with that i know nothing about women but i do know that we have the best way of proposing and it involves a lot of reindeer let's do it it's, it's kind of funny um and this is when you see the earth giant step in which is like interesting because we've seen gale the wind spirit we've seen bruni the fire spirit now we see the earth giants so let's talk about that and how they form a plan to be like okay we need to do this we need to go find a way to get to the source of the voice so that we can understand what's happening kind of thing right so right and and how again Anna's like fine I'll go with you but you have to promise me to be careful about this because this is the best we can do at this point like it's a really good point Anna's making really good points in this movie right I have to say because she's like you're promising way too much think about what you're saying you can uh, what if you can't what if something goes wrong here and you can't fulfill your promises to these people about freeing this forest? What is, what's going to happen then? Think about all of that kind of thing. And then she realizes Kristoff is gone, but there's not much she can do about this because, and because of all the talks that she thinks she thinks she's had with him, he's like, she's like, he's probably just leaving. I don't know what to do, but that's not the case. You idiot. If you just listened but but that's not the case here unfortunately it's bad communication all around in this situation but they do go and this is when we get lost in the woods and i love this song for a whole lot of reasons oh my god Talk yes. about it it's a good song it's a great song jonathan groff has done a great job of this track mm-hmm. i mean like really it's an I mean, it's very rare that a male romantic lead gets to sing a song about how much he loves his partner and is like, I want to do this, but I don't know how to do this kind of things. And then it's an interesting setup because the chorus is sung by reindeer. (laughs) Which is wacky, but it kind of works. (laughs) It's like, I love the way that it was like animated too, though, because it's almost like an 80s slash 90s music video Ballad, yeah with like the like psychedelic a, reindeer yeah and like the vocals and yeah the spotlight yeah i love that it was great I, I loved it but again like that was a nice thing i think in that because they weren't trying to like make every song yeah. match a song in the first movie they mm-hmm. got a chance to do something a little bit more this creative. was really cool like, i love this track like, it was really cool actually yeah it was yeah. Uh, it was amazing. And I remember, I think, like, before the movie came, mm-hmm. when they were doing, like, promo for it, I think, mm-hmm. like, I vaguely remember Kristen Bell on, like, one of those, like, late-night talk show. Yeah, she did um, mention it. And, like, mentioning, like, yeah, there's, like, a Weezer-style song. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> and so it's, I'm like, when you see it, it's like, oh, my God, this is the greatest thing ever. Yeah, it was <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. I would like Kristoff's point of view, like, in that style of, like, the events of the first and second movie. that is true but also i kind of feel sad that the poor boy just wanted to propose and ended up proposing to the leader of the north aldra (laughs) and Mm -hmm. and she's like uh no i will not marry you 
I am not your I'm not your girlfriend they left and that leaves this boy in a quandary like she just left me what am I supposed to do I mean here's the thing it's bad communication he doesn't know that she left thinking that she that he left her alone like that's just so messed up like I just don't know what to say What's really nice, though, is that, like, even though they had this moment of, of miscommunication, it wasn't like, yeah. oh, we, well, like, that's it. Like, we, we break up now. It's like, yeah, it wasn't like that. oh, that's strange. But it was never, at least the way it came across to me, was like, it was never like, is their relationship now in jeopardy, which I thought no. was just so refreshing. Because, yeah. like, obviously, you know, in, in a Disney movie, just given the runtime, because it's mm-hmm. not super long to mm. add that kind of um issue into the mix would have just been kind of like creating drama for the sake of drama Mm -hmm. no that's Uh, true so I'm glad that they were both like okay this is weird this never happened but like we're gonna address it when we have time and not Mm. just like all right we're just gonna sweep that under the rug and like yeah I guess he broke up yeah that was a good thing and we'll get to that because he makes a very good point at the end of it when all this is resolved which is a really sweet thing and we'll talk about that as well um And now let's talk about Elsa and Anna's journey, because again, on the way to find this uh, fifth spirit, they end up finding their parents' ship that sank. (laughs) And that's a shocking revelation because this was not where their ship was supposed to be at all, right? right? And again, Anna shines here. She's like, there's a water compartment. There's a, there's a waterproof compartment on every Arendellian ship. Find that out. You'll find out what they were trying to do. There's something, something there. And they do find out that they were trying to find answers for Elsa and her powers. And Elsa and Anna remembering something that Olaf said, that water actually has memory. She recreates the memory of what happened in that ship just before it sunk and it's heartbreaking to see really (laughs) because not just that scene but the aftermath of that scene is also heartbreaking because Elsa ends up blaming herself because she's like Anna's like you're not responsible for their actions Elsa but Elsa's just like no just their deaths like that is so dark like dude no I mean of course they wanted to find out answers about you but there was no way they could have known that this would happen and there's no way for you to blame yourself for this like I think so like that's kind of like the sad part of all of this mm -hmm. that having seen the scene and like having actual concrete proof that her parents Mm -hmm. left because of her yeah it's very easy I think in Elsa's like from Elsa's point of view for her to blame it it on herself because um they wouldn't have had to leave if she wasn't the way she was or maybe Mm. if she'd been better at controlling it maybe this whole question of like where did these powers come from would Mm. never even have entered their minds but um again Anna like you said she shines so much in the scene and she makes Mm -hmm. a really valid point that like they were full adults at this point in time like they were full grown they knew what they were getting into they yeah. knew the risk like they would have had time to evaluate and like weigh the pros and cons and they point. still chose to and go yeah exactly exactly so regardless of like whether or not it was the right decision or the wrong decision they were fully conscious of what they were doing and they yeah. made that choice to do it mm-hmm. of course it's unfortunate that everything played out the way it did but mm. it's also 
like that's not something Elsa should be blaming herself for mm. but then how do you say that when you're in that position oh that's true have gone off on this quest to look for answers about you to help exactly. you and then this ends so, up happening um, exactly so that's really hard but I think it makes like the next scene make more sense mm. because I think at this point like up at least up until this point also it's kind of like I don't really know what needs to be done or I don't know like how, like where this is going to go or how this journey is going to be yeah but now I think she's kind of realized she that, has, like she our... has a point she's like I have to go to Otto Holland to find this voice to find out what's going on exactly and and she knows where it is that's basically how she basically has to cross the dark sea which is like treacherous waters basically again anna shines in this scene so much like dude i love the points that she makes she's like it's just i love how else i i love even elsa in the scene elsa's like i have to do this by myself Okay, and Anna's like, no, you promised me we'd do this together. Like, yeah, I mean, again, it just, it's really like tough because as yeah. a viewer, you understand where both of them are coming from. Yeah. And they're both right in their own way. But I think Elsa's just approaching it from like this kind of logical point of view, and in, in that where she's going is most likely going to be dangerous. She's not super prepared, but at least she has an advantage over Anna and that she has her powers to protect her should she need protection. Anna has nothing. And Elsa, as I think, after learning that her parents died because of her, I think she's too afraid to let Anna like meet be the in same a position fate where kind of exactly thing. I yeah, agree. Or like have Anna in a position where like anything could happen because she was just with Elsa. So yeah, um, yeah I think that's just like you, you again, you understand I think where both of them are coming from, but yeah, um, it's just really difficult position to to be in for both of them. Absolutely. So yeah, you're absolutely right in saying that they had two different perspectives here. Cause like Elsa was thinking about, oh my God, what could what could happen if we will uh, if we venture out in the dark sea to find out to Holland, and what if something happens to Anna, just the same way something happened to our parents. But then Anna's like, you can't do this alone. It's dangerous even for you. And she really shines at this moment because I love this dialogue between them because Anna's like look, I don't want to stop you from being whatever it is that you need to be, but you just can't do all this by yourself. And you have to think of how much pressure you're putting on yourself to do these things. So let's talk about that scene because I really loved it. Again, Anna really comes into her own in this movie. Like, it's amazing, really. So let's talk about She does, that. yeah. Yeah, I think, like you said, it was a really impactful moment, too, because mm-hmm. um, I think that that's the great thing about their dynamic. Like, mm-hmm. neither of them really wants to get in the way of the other doing yeah. what they need to do or being yeah. what they need to be. But yeah. um, it's all about, like, having that support system, right? Like, mm-hmm. you want to be there for the person no matter what. But at the same mm-hmm. time, you want to make sure that you can, like, pull them back from the edge and all of that. And I think... Yeah. In Anna's case, that was really like her concern. Yes. Like, could she 
like physically be there for every point of Elsa's journey to, you know, help her if needed and all of that. And, and stop her from um, doing something completely crazy. Yeah, exactly. Right. And then Elsa was just kind of like, you know, she she's got to go on this crazy mission. And mm-hmm. she, for her, it's like, I can't risk losing my sister mm-hmm. or I can't risk letting anything happen to her. So I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that she's as safe as can be. Yeah. And meanwhile, Anna's like the opposite she's like mm-hmm. I'm gonna be with her every step of the way so that she yeah. doesn't have to like push herself and you know like do all these crazy things mm-hmm. and so um it just ends up becoming kind of like uh I, I guess like there's no easy place for them to meet in the middle where they're both satisfied with and neither the of them doing. is wrong right <laughs> it's like there's no right solution to this either though that's right. the thing and Elsa makes a split second decision to basically just send them off involuntarily. And mm-hmm. this again leads to a very interesting scene between Anna and Olaf, right? Because I, because they're angry, of course, but then Olaf is like, I'm sensing rising anger in me. And I'm like, you're angry? Uh, yes, I am. I, she sent me Elsa sent me away too and she didn't even say goodbye I'm like and I love how Anna's like at first she doesn't understand but later she's like yeah you have every right to be angry she did this to both of us it's not fair she said we'd do this together kind of thing it's an interesting moment let's talk about that <laughs> yeah I mean I think again like you, we were saying earlier I think they're both right but there's no kind of like middle ground for both of them like it's very hard for them both to kind of meet in this like place where like they're both okay Mm. with doing what they need to do but then also being there for the other and I think especially at that moment after Elsa sends or like kind of forces Olaf and Anna away they're both rightfully upset about it and again they have every right to be but Mm -hmm. also again like having seen what else has gone through as viewers and having seen yeah. like the position she's in like it's that's not also, fair like, to it's say hard that to fault her the for wrong exactly right yeah because right. also like I mean if you think about like the scene that comes next and mm-hmm. if you imagine Anna and Olaf being there the yeah. danger is just so much more because then it's oh, not yeah. just Elsa mm. who can control her powers and use her powers to her advantage she'll also have to protect Anna and I mean Olaf is a snowman but still you know like she's got to protect him too yeah so um and also like there's also like this other kind of what if like assuming Anna and Olaf had accompanied Elsa mm-hmm. you know she's got a huge task ahead of her and she's literally got to throw herself into danger to get where she needs to go would Anna yeah. have let her do that and unfortunately it's something yeah that would they have let her see it through considering exactly and like again herself. they're they're both valid arguments like you don't yeah. want to just leap off a cliff straight into danger without like weighing yeah. everything like the pros and cons and like mm. all of that but at the same time like that's where Elsa needed to go mm. and there was no real way around it unfortunately so yeah. um it's a bit of a pickle guess, catch 22 yeah. <laughs> loose, loose. Kind of, yeah. yeah yeah something like um, that so sure. it, it, it's a tough spot for them yeah. both to be in but yeah. again I think they're both valid or all three of them really are valid for feeling the way that they feel. Mm. Um, and as viewers seeing kind of the bigger picture, I think mm-hmm. it's hard for us to fault either of them. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess both sides could have handled it better, but oh, of course, um, but they were coming from that, a like, different place, I'd say, <laughs> right? Yeah. And like that's why, like, I think that if even if Anna and Olaf had accompanied Elsa, mm-hmm. you know, and if they had been able to be with her every step of the way, I don't think they would have ever really been okay with anything that she did. But she yeah. was the only one that could do it. Yes. And um yeah, that's no, she exists. was the only one who could do it. I that's the thing. Mm-hmm. And let's talk about the scene that comes after because that is beautifully animated. Oh the scene yes. at the uh, at the North Sea, that mm-hmm. the dark sea, so well animated, dude. Like it was the gorgeous. visuals. It feels like yeah, real crisp just, water. It doesn't feel like right? it's an animated thing, right? Because when we it saw just, it in the teaser, like holy crap, it was so cool. Like, yeah, oh it was, my god, it's so amazing. so gorgeously animated. But then also like the way, I guess like they use the camera, yes, like the way like they like set the lens, scene. like various perspectives and yeah, lenses that they use. It's to just, basically it's like just, gorgeous. Yeah, but like the animation, I think, was like the one really cool thing because obviously between the first movie and the second movie, animation had progress, made some strides, and yeah, sure. yeah there's like sure. updates and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it was definitely, I think, a lot crisper. And I think they talked yeah. about like using new animation techniques yep, and things yep, like yep. that to make this movie. But yeah, mm-hmm. like that shot was just gorgeous, and, and the like, way the it tested of, like, Elsa's powers. Holy mm-hmm. crap! Like I was, it left your jaw hanging open when you saw that like, like that's the cool thing though right but like for the first movie of course because of the way you know yeah. Elsa had lived most of her life she mm-hmm. didn't really test yeah. the limits of her power but then yeah. like we saw in you know like the let it go sequence when she built the palace mm-hmm. she was always like she had a really good degree of she control of her powers yeah like, exactly yeah and so like that's you know she was able to do all that while still kind of restraining herself but like yeah. unrestrained it's like what can she I think do the behold, like wow like yeah. seriously amazing i love how she tears through the water and the ice it's just so i damn it it's just it's hard to describe but it's really cool it, it's like yeah cool. it's just like the way that scene is animated is yeah. just gorgeous and then yeah. like there's the shot once um because like the water spirit is the the horse knock, horse knock and like once yes. she like tame not tames. really tames it but like rides him or there's that the really gorgeous shot. trust yeah exactly yeah, yeah like there's that really gorgeous shot of her riding across the dark oh, sea just... on knock and it's just it's so beautiful amazing yeah, it's, just, it's it's gorgeously animated amazing but um yeah, I mean that that scene was it's an just amazing shot. Like, oh, beautiful. Yeah, and again, I think like we we talked about this multiple times before. I think, but like the the bits of that scene that were in the trailer was enough to like pique your interest, but like exactly, not really, but not reveal the plot the because <laughs> you didn't see knock in there. You saw bits of him, bits of it, but like. Yeah, I think like underwater bits. Yeah, I think like there yeah. might have been like one flash. Yeah, shot like one flash whatever. shot. But then you were like, "What is this? What is going on?" Kind of thing. But that is that was so cool. But then you realize what Atahalan is. It's a glacier, and she says glaciers mm-hmm. are rivers of ice. It's frozen, and again, it leads to one of my favorite songs in the movie. Show yourself. It's just so beautiful. It's I I love it. it. Is. It's, yeah, I love it. 
and again like the all the songs are like different like they're yeah. not really trying to compete with the songs in the first yeah. movie which is but they're the still, best like, thing so... they could have done yeah yeah like, honestly because honestly like let it go is a really good song yeah of um, course. but i feel like honestly i feel like i kind of preferred show yourself no i kind of agree because of the meaning of the song of how she comes into her own in that song like you know the way she's just realizes her power she realizes what she's meant to do and it's just and she hears her mother's voice and it's just the best thing it's it's just I love it. Yeah, and then also like the meaning of that song because yeah. for so long, like Elsa's been looking for answers. Yeah. And in the song, like she is the like answer. the line is like, yeah, like, you're the one you've been waiting for. And it's like yeah. that's so like that's such a good message. It's poetic. To send. Like, it's amazing. Yeah. 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 And especially because like again, you know, Elsa spent all this time like wondering, like, you know, why yeah. certain things are the way they are and like yeah. all these things. And it's like no, no no like you're you're enough like you're the answer like there's nothing that's else. you it's just you um, and yeah I just like you said it's very poetic yeah um, and, and like at again, least no, no, another let it go, beautiful but... <laughs> scene where Elsa just recreates an entire I don't know like, what else to call it it's she, like a whole it's like a room almost cavern of a room of full memories including of including of her and Anna and Ch- as kids and Iduna and Agnar talking to each other about who she really is and what is going on and I also love how she at uh, the minute she sees Hans she just breaks up the sculpture like this like there's that but also that can we talk about that little bit where she sees herself from like like it's like letting like, go the fourth wall, I guess. yeah like and she's like oh, oh my god what and she's I like cringe. <laughs> cringe we all felt that baby we all felt it don't worry <laughs> you were great <laughs> but yeah no that yeah. that scene was also like yeah. the, the whole scene like while she's singing show yourself like that was yeah. gorgeously animated but yeah. then I think um and then like of course you know the the kind of funny bits of her at the end you know just like yeah. watching the memories and, like destroying yeah. bonds that was great but then like mm-hmm. right after that there's this really big big scene oh <laughs> which do I think yes. just kind of shortens the plot on everything. its head kind of yeah, yeah <laughs> I agree with you let's talk about that because if you if you've listened to all is found you know what this is about right like but but not too far or you'll be drowned it's and that song the tune plays when she jumps down that glacier to find out what's actually happening right it's just so it's chilling but it's also like what do you do she has to find out what's going on what is happening here right Mm -hmm. and I also like that in tandem of uh at the same time Anna and Olaf have actually found a cave and they're trying to find their way to Elsa too at that point (laughs) and at the same time this girl is trying to figure out what's happened to what happened between the Northaldra and Arendelle to find out what's trapped them so let's talk about that scene and what Runard actually did which is kind of despicable actually it is and that's why like earlier when you're like there's no villain I was like I think there's one and I I know yeah Um, no I agree with you there and he's he's long 
dead by the time this film takes place. But yeah, we see that like the big secret that Elsa Mm -hmm. uncovers is that the dam that Runard commissioned or had built was really a gift in disguise. Um, or not not a gift. Not a gift. It was was like a meant it he didn't mean it as a gift, but he Right. Yeah. I'm trying to say, I'm, I'm putting this I know what you it, mean. but he disguised it as a gift. Yeah, it really exactly. was not a gift because it's yeah. really hurting the North Aldra more than it was helping yeah. them. Yeah. But um, I think the way it's, it's kind of conveyed is that like he had this dam commissioned or built or whatever. And the idea was that it was supposed to be like a peace offering. Like this thing yeah. is going to protect us. It'll be great for you guys. Yeah. And like the North Aldra, the North Aldra and the Arendellians would live in harmony but mm-hmm. that's not what happened. Because... He wanted to control them, basically, to cut off their water supply. Basically, that's what that yeah. that's what he wanted to do. Yeah. And I think wasn't like correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't he say something about like how magic is like wild or something, and it has yeah, to be like was stopped like, or make, whatever? They make them. It makes them think that they can defy the will of a king, and I can't have that. I'm king. They need to listen yeah. to me, kind of thing. That that was his attitude. <laughs> yeah, which always makes me like curious like did you know your daughter-in-law was North Ultra like I'm assuming I don't think he ever knew he died right he didn't know well he he dies like um he died at the battle yeah at the battle but like yeah oh yeah I don't know that's true never mind so that yeah Yeah, they were kids then there was no way he could know but yeah (laughs) I know my brain is not doing the timeline properly but um but even otherwise, I just think it's really funny that, like, in spite of all his, like, talk about, like, oh, we're going to control them and, like, they can't defy a king. It's mm. like, well, somebody did because she's married to your son. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think, like, the real villainy is, like, he comes under, like, this banner Dies of truth. Friendship. And he's like, yeah. yeah. And then just for no reason, like, the North Holder had done nothing other than yeah. exist, really. Basically, and, like, yeah, they were maybe doing they fine by magic, themselves. But, like, exactly. Yeah, they were just existing. And this dude was just like, nope, not evident. And just mm-hmm. in cold blood, just killed the leader of the North Holder yeah. for, like, no reason, like, unprovoked. Like, nothing, like, the North Holder did nothing, really. Yeah. And then this guy just killed the leader. And yeah. um, that's kind of like this big dark secret that Elsa discovers. Yeah. And, but in the um, process of, of discovering it she actually gets frozen in that glacier because she dove into the <laughs> deepest part of it and let's talk about the symbolism here because I love how in her last breath she calls out to her sister and sends out that one tiny spark to tell her what happened so that she could do what was right so let's talk right. about that and how Anna discovers this and it brings us to one of the saddest parts in this movie. Oh, it just makes me really sad. So let's talk about it. It was really well executed. Don't get me wrong, but it hurt. It really hurt. It did. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I think, I mean, again, like it's kind of like you said, it's very poetic because um, there's a reason there's like Elsa and Anna both were on this journey yeah and it's not just because you know I mean it is mostly because our sisters didn't care about each other mm-hmm. but there is like a bigger reason yeah. as to why they're both on this journey mm-hmm. um but I just think it was like again kind of going back to a lot of things that the mm. movie had kind of alluded to before like um all is found and then grandpappy's message and stuff and even yeah. 
um, to a certain extent, like Anna and Elsa's point of views on like how they should yeah, kind of tackle sure. this situation. Because mm-hmm. um, Anna, I think, like, of course she wanted to be with her sister every step of the way, but yeah. Atalan, like Elsa says, is frozen. There's yeah. no way Anna could have survived any sort of like jump down into that yeah. well. She would have been frozen well before Elsa. Yeah. So it's kind of like one of those situations where um, she had to go and it had to be Elsa and like mm. nobody else. And, yeah unfortunately um, that is true yeah right and this is like such a weird comparison to make but every time I think of that I always think of uh there's not in the first series but in the second there's a bit in the Heroes of Olympus series where Percy Jackson talks about like how it's sometimes really hard to like let your friends go off and do certain things or mm. maybe Annabeth one of them I think both actually couple different points like they kind of they have the same thing but like um yeah sometimes it's hard to like let other people do things like to take a step back and let other people kind of go on like Mm -hmm. more dangerous missions or quests Mm -hmm. and things like that Mm -hmm. and I think that's something Anna kind of had to grapple with because yeah oh I 100% like yes ridiculously Mm -hmm. dangerous and Mm -hmm. she had to do it because of her powers and of her abilities like that's why Elsa was able to go down there and remain go as far as she unfrozen did. As long as she did yeah exactly I so um I, yeah. I'm I mean I don't know the movie doesn't exactly confirm or deny but it seems mm. pretty likely that if Anna had gotten down there it would not have been well. no um, you're but, absolutely right um, um but yeah let's talk about this because it feels so heartbreaking because it's just okay you know how when you cast magic and when the person who casts the magic dies the magic dies with them (laughs) that's what happens to Olaf and it makes me sad (laughs) I know it is it is especially because like it's one of those things I think that's like at least for me Mm -hmm. I wasn't like obviously you know by the time the movies came out, we, mm-hmm. I think we were both much older than like the target yeah. audience. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. There's something about Olaf, you mm-hmm. know, when you ignore all the marketing and like all that craziness. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. He just kind of like comes across as, like a little goofy, endearing, and all of that. And, yeah. Like very optimistic, and then mm-hmm. for him to be the one that fades, and like in the way he does too, and he's yeah. like, he's so kind of like, uh oh, I guess. Maybe she went too far. And, oh Maybe no, she went too oops, far. You're going to have to do this it's next like, bit on your own, okay? That's what he says. And it's like I know, so it, heartbreaking. It's like way, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. the way it's like delivered and all of that. It is like very yeah. heartbreaking and also very moving though. But like the next right step is like, oh my God, like that the song. The next right thing is, that, oh my God. The right next right thing. I don't know why it's the next Bell, right step. Kristen Bell props to you, dude. I oh my god, I know. Can't. But like again, like that's why I'm so glad that they weren't trying to compete with like yeah. the first movie song because I feel like song, something like this would have never made it in the first movie. No, like I as definitely amazing agree. as it was, yeah. like I mean, Dude. like, do you want to build a snowman has like those notes of like sadness and like yeah, but this but like this the song way was it, just like it another you know, level. It physically the way you it shows the physicality of what grief can do to you I it's just you feel that you feel like I, I how can I get up when you were the one I used to get up for I can't it's weighing me down it's 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 literally physically hurting me to even 
think about this loss. It's just, I, I think it's important for you to learn that, that grief can sometimes be so debilitating at some mm. point, you know, like, oh my God. Again, props to Kristen Bell for the way she sang this. And for the songwriters for wording it the way they did and putting it in there, like, damn, it's just, it just makes you, it's like, I think it's so intense. It's like one of the most intense songs in this movie. But like, I mean, again, it's, it's, I don't know, so effective because like in a situation like that, like, what can you do? Like you're, you know, you've lost almost everybody you care about. Like, how do you go forward? Sometimes the only thing you can do is just like literally like the the song Do the next right thing. Exactly. Just take it like one step at a time. Yeah. Oh my God. So, um, oh my God, that song was like, I don't know, like all the songs. Gives you chills, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But like they're so different compared to the first movie. But like, again, like they're just all They're beautiful. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's just like a very. Even thinking about it now, it's like you can feel that. It's it's, it's insane. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I I know. It's really like. Yeah. Oh, my God. But I love that scene because when she gets out of there, she's like she has to put her grief aside because it, it she has to put that aside and do what needs to be done because she realizes that runar did the wrong thing and that that bridge that he had commissioned needs to fall for this whole thing to be okay mm-hmm. again and she takes this enormous risk of waking the earth giants by herself and leading them to the dam so they can break it. So let's talk about that scene. Because again, I love how Anna comes into her own in this movie. She's like, dude, I love Elsa. But in this movie, she was the star. I gotta say. Like, at some point, <laughs> this this woman just stole the show in this movie. Like, no, she really did. Damn. I think also because, you know, they were both... Like, it seems like at, after a point, it was like one scene would be with Anna, one scene mm-hmm. would be with Elsa, and then back yeah. to Anna, then back to Elsa. Yeah. Like, yeah. the moments, even though, you know, it is sad that they're separated, like, those mm-hmm. moments when they both kind of, like, are mm-hmm. apart, that's, mm-hmm. like you said, really a lot of the, you know, different moments where, like, Anna shines and, you yeah. know, Elsa's got her moments, too. But, yeah. yeah. Um, but, no, what I love about that scene, I mean, there's mm-hmm. so many things. Yeah. Um, I, I am curious the whole just this is like totally random but like how Elsa's snow magic slash ice magic works to transmit that memory like how right long does it, I want to know how far is like her wrist up like <laughs> is it like cell phone reception like does Anna have to be within a certain <laughs> radius or like I'm just very curious about that but like that's neither here nor there I mean, but um I'm, that's I, an interesting I love- point I, I didn't think about it, but mm-hmm. that's an interesting point. I'm, I'm sure there's no limit, and it, you yeah. know, it's literally for the sake of the story. But mm-hmm. um, my brain touches for no, no. Where I'm like, there's like an area effect, and like you know, beyond a certain radius, it just like doesn't work. Or, mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, no, I, I, there's so many things I love about that scene. But yeah, I mean, it's it's really tough, like we were saying, for anybody mm-hmm. in a position of grief to like yeah. do anything but for pick Anna yourself to, up you know, from that yeah dude right yeah. yeah but like Anna kind of does to a certain extent I don't think mm-hmm. she's ever she doesn't really like obviously she doesn't have time but she doesn't yeah. allow herself too much time to grieve yeah. and then she's kind of on to like all right I've got to do this thing yeah. because Elsa sacrificed herself and if her 
you know, sacrifice is going to mean anything. I have to see this through. I have to set this um, right. So, yes. Yeah. I love that she just kind of is just like, all right. On a I'm mission. Like, you know, like, yeah. yeah. Um, but then the other thing I love too is like once they both find out the truth, they're not like, oh, well, you know, we can't do this because Arendelle is at yeah. risk or like they, they kind of are like, I don't know, it's so nice to see that they were like, yeah. well, our grandfather messed up and he did something that was a thousand percent wrong. We're going to yeah. get it right no matter what it takes. And if the cost is yeah. Arendelle, well, that's well, unfortunate. We'll rebuild we'll if we have bill. to, exactly. but this is this is what has to be done. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like That was really interesting. And yeah. I think it was something kind of nice to see because I was yeah. fully expecting them to be like, well, we, we're not going to do this because like yeah. our whole kingdom, like all these people. And it's like, yeah, people are safe. Like they've been evacuated, and I think mm. that's probably what she realized that mm. buildings can be rebuilt, palaces can be rebuilt, all the you know non-material yeah. item or material stuff that they've um, kind of collected and, and whatnot that can all be replaced and salvaged. But and this whatever. needs but, to be done, basically. Yeah, yeah. And like the people are safe, so nothing's going to happen to the people. Yeah. But, um. Yeah, I don't know. It was just very interesting to see and like kind of nice again. Like I said, no, no, no. I I agree. That is one hundred percent really cool. But I also yeah. found it cool that Kristoff came in at this time, and his first question to Anna was, "What do you need?" And I love I it. I love it. It reminds me of something else that I won't mention now. <laughs> but um, what do you need? Like, just like because they have a moment where she's like. I don't like I don't really know what's going on and like they're like they're trying to like figure out like yeah. where this miscommunication was or whatever and Kristoff's like let's yeah. put that aside and like you said he's like what do you need I'm here for you but then he also says something like my love's not fragile that's I just felt, bit, like, so yeah beautiful. that was yeah. beautiful that's like jumping yeah. ahead but like a little I, bit I mean, but I, I just know wanted to mention that because it was yeah because again, that was important really beautiful and yeah it yeah. is beautiful <laughs> It was important for uh-huh. Anna to acknowledge that she was ignoring all of this as well. But it was important for him to say, yeah, I get it, but it's okay. I'm still here for you kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I like that. Yeah. And like, that's the nice thing. Cause I think we, we've talked about this briefly a little earlier, but like a lot of like the princess type movies, Disney yeah. princess movies, it's usually like the romance. It's like the big thing. And yeah. like, you know, any sort of miscommunication would have been a huge deal. Mm-hmm. But here it's like, all right, we've had this kind of blip or whatever you want to call it in our relationship mm-hmm. or like this hitch. Yeah. But like, that's not like, but that's not, not going to change anything. We still anything. care about each other. So we got to. Yeah. And like, it's a thing we addressed it. Let's it. move on. Yeah. And it's like, exactly. that's not their sole focus. So like, that was really nice that they're like, yeah. all right, this thing happened. We're addressing it and we're just going to move on because we both still really both care, still about, care each about each other yeah exactly yeah. which is and so yeah yeah which is super cool and let's talk about lieutenant matthias as well because he sees the dam being broken and he's like what are you doing and and anna's like look this needs to go my grandfather betrayed everyone this needs to go my sister gave her life to find out the truth and we need to do this before we lose anybody else and I love how the minute she says that he's like done let's do this exactly yeah it's I don't don't know if it's like trust in her or faith or like whatever but Mm -hmm. um either way like that scene was just um because I was fully expecting him to like like the first time I saw the movie I was like oh god please don't let them get into a fight like if you want to destroy this 
damn you have to go through me and my yeah exactly like soldiers or whatever and like Mm -hmm. thankfully it was the complete opposite where like you said like literally without hesitation he was like man destroy that bridge or whatever damn yeah yeah um and yeah it was just really nice to see that they either believed Anna enough Mm -hmm. or maybe they were just like we've been stuck here for like three decades Ages. plus let's we, yeah, do anything like, to get let's out do anything to deal with this nonsense kind but, of yeah thing. I'm more inclined to think that they believed Anna or at least yeah. trusted her judgment trusted because her yeah um, exactly yeah if I, I I have a feeling or like I I think that if they were like we've been stuck here so long let's try anything they probably wouldn't want to try yeah like, they would have tried it because ago, they want to get back yeah <laughs> maybe, maybe yeah I don't, I don't know, know but um, <laughs> but it's it's more like yeah I don't know they just thought like if they'd exhausted a whole bunch of options in the hope that somehow they would get back to Arendelle I don't think they would try and do something that would destroy Arendelle fair enough I kind of agree but let's talk about what this does to Elsa at this point because the minute that dam is broken it restores the spirits to what they used to be and it (laughs) revives her and Again, stellar piece of animation. Oh you see I think like here, my like... favorite scene in the whole yes! movie. Yes, dude, just... that tidal wave that she turns into a sheet of ice. Like, give Cora a run like for the her animation. money. <laughs> the animation, but, no, of, but like, I love the Cora. Water. But like, <laughs> I know, no, I know what you mean. But like the animation of like the water, like yeah. as it's like heading towards Arendelle, oh, yeah, and then dude. like yeah, that huge like tidal wave approaching, and then like you see this like little figure in the distance, and then yeah. it's going closer and closer, and like it kind of turns into Elsa yeah. on Nock, mm-hmm. um, and all of that. Like yeah, but also like I think I believe I remember reading something about like the new like water animation or something that they mm. and like used for the movie, but like that water looked like real water. Dude, that's what I'm saying. Not Even like... in the dark sea, that whole scene in the dark sea, it did not look like yeah. an animated scene. It looked no, it like really a didn't. real sea at night. That's what that looked like. Can you imagine how yeah. crazy that is? But also, like, I just dude. love like that once the tidal wave is hitting Arendelle like all the villagers and like everybody who lives there is just watching kind of like horror is like this huge wave is approaching and then all of a sudden like there's this huge sheet of ice that just forms because Elsa just like crystallizes the whole thing and then it just disperses into like millions of tiny crystals but I think my favorite part is like her riding away like again just she's just like riding away she's like on on, like an ice horse she's like Something, I mean, I think her, her dress is more like an icy blue or something. I don't know. Mm. But from a distance, it looks white. So she just looks like... It is kind of white-ish. Gandalf. So, yeah. Gandalf. But I just love, like, <laughs> no, but I that moment like. is beautiful. It's it just is. like... It's so gorgeous. Dude, yeah, the like, animation let's is talk like about amazing. this. Because Disney movies have had a really good track record of this, right? Because this scene, it reminds me of the flying lanterns in Tangled. The minute you Entangled, see that. Yeah. And the minute you see Tefiti and Moana. And yeah, the way yeah. you see the house come back to life in Encanto. You know, those scenes. It reminds me of stuff like that. It's like, yeah, I think magic, because there was like you know? so much water. Yeah. Um, and I think like the scene with Elsa on the horse, you know, running to Arendelle yeah. ahead of this tidal wave, like yeah. it takes place faster. But I think because you know it was like 
water and everything I immediately quicker, thought of like yeah yeah well yeah but I thought of Moana and, like the whole scene where she's approaching Tahiti like really yeah. like I don't know just that's, totally that was slow mo like, that, that was that was, was slow mo but it was yeah. just the way because like I know it's animated but like the animate like the way her hair was blowing in the wind yeah. and all of that like that looked real. oh my god um beautiful and even stuff. In, like this one yeah even all of this it's just so for anyone who thinks animation is just for kids stop please just mm-hmm. stop okay but again so amazing and i just i love it i love that i love how this whole i she just she she comes into her, her own does this amazing feat of i can what i can only call water bending that equals chorus at some point you know because like i love chorus so much she fights okay she has my whole heart but yeah this was amazing <laughs> it was amazing um but and then i also love how anna's still grieving and she talks to Kristoff. like you said she's like i'm sorry i was so focused on her that i didn't realize what was going on here and that's when he's like it's okay i get it my love is not fragile we'll move past it we'll, it's okay we're fine and i <laughs> and i love how that's that that moment is like okay we had this thing happen but we still care about each other. We'll move past it. We've talked about it and it's okay. So th- that's nice. Right. But then I love another, one of my favorite scenes again in this movie is their reunion because she sees that magic come up again. Elsa's magic. Oh and she sees Elsa come up to her. And I love how the first thing she asks is, is it really you? And then Elsa's just like, yes, it's me. Come over here. That hug that they share is really sweet. I just love it. I know. It's it's so yeah, it's very sweet, very moving. Um, but then I also like the way Anna's like, did you find the fifth spirit? And Elsa's just like, hi. <laughs> like it's me. It me. <laughs> oh, it was really yeah. sweet. Um, it was no, really, sweet. really sweet. But then also like there's that bit because Elsa like you know explains that. <clears throat> she's the fifth spirit and like mm-hmm. I, I just I love the explanation that she gives she's like yeah. it's a bridge and a bridge has two, two sides, sides and, and there's a reason mother, mother had two, two daughters. daughters and I yeah. love that and, I love how she said we did this together you saved me you're the reason that Arendelle is still okay because you made that right choice and mm-hmm. in one of the best I wouldn't call it a twist but I would call it an interesting turn of events right because the yes. next thing we see is she talks to the Northaldra. she's like Atahalan is amazing and it's really it's really good and now the forest is free they're free to go wherever they want and I mm-hmm. love the twist that they bring I again I don't want to call it a, tw- a twist because it's not exactly a twist but it's an interesting turn of events because Elsa has chosen to stay in the forest and Anna is now queen of Arendelle, which is like so cool. I loved it. It is, yeah. It was pretty amazing. Also, like, yeah, I think it was something that she maybe like subconsciously wanted for a long time, like mm. not quite being like confined to a certain, you know, role building or like that too. Yeah. yeah. And like 
I think like now this gives her the opportunity to like be a bit a bit more of like a free spirit and mm-hmm. like explore and like do things that and still do she's right wanted by to her do. kingdom by giving it right. to someone who really can do right by it as well. You know, like right. exactly, and like somebody. Yeah. 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 Of course. I mean, I don't think there was ever really any doubt, and honestly. Mm-hmm. I mean, the movie doesn't really confirm this, but I'd like to think that had they been given the choice of like who should lead, Elsa would have always been like, oh no, just give it to Anna. Like, I don't want Dude. to. Dude, yeah, because if she, I think that's what Elsa thought too. I think she's like, I can't lead them as well as this girl can. She's proven time and time again that she's done what's best for everybody. So let her do it. She, <laughs> she, she's, she can do it. And I love that mm-hmm. scene where... Where, where where they announce that she that where they announce her and she's just relieved and then she's like okay this is me now all right cool and I love that she still has her sister and she still has everything and that last scene where Elsa just rides the fjord toward Arendelle again and she's just so happy and she's just like okay it's me I'm happy. I have everything I want. My sister is okay. Everything's okay. I just love that. It was beautiful. I know. It really was. Yeah. I love it. I love happy endings. Happy endings are cool. (laughs) Because then Olaf is back and they're happy. And then Krista finally proposes correctly. (laughs) Yeah, and like Anna does like all of that. Um, but yeah, no, as far as yeah. endings go, oh my god, this is so satisfying. Yeah, yeah, it was really beautiful, very moving, like so many different adjectives you could use mm-hmm. to describe it. But I think we'd be here forever and a day if we tried. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Because oh my god, it's, it's getting to me even when I think about it now. Because oh my god, I love that movie. I love this movie. It was great. It was super fun. As far as sequels go, this I feel like turned out to be better if not as good as the first movie what do you think yeah it, it's so I don't know I feel like at times I'm like yes at other times I'm like oh it's like apples and oranges because they're two very kind different of stories. but yeah. um I think it's at least as far as like the Disney sequel curse goes oh it broke um, that curse. I feel like this did not fall like this movie yeah. was not a yeah. victim of that curse Agreed. um so yeah I really enjoyed it. I don't know. I always like, again, the trailers left a lot um, kind of unanswered. Mm. And so going into the movie, I was like so confused as to what it was about. I had like no idea. It's like, I don't know if this movie is even going to compare to the first one. But at least that was massive. Like, yeah, I think this exceeded my expectations. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And like even Frozen, I remember seeing like trailers for it and being like, oh, this looks interesting. Mm. But it's Disney like like and this is like right around the time. Like I think Frozen was wasn't it their second um, feature after they shifted from 2D to CGI animation? I think so, because Tangled was the first first, and then Princess Mm -hmm. and the Frog went back to 2D animation right but wasn't Princess and the Frog before Tangled no it was after oh I didn't know that for some reason a little bit after I think that was 2011 if I'm not wrong I thought Tangled was 2012 2010 Tangled was 2010 oh well clearly I don't know (laughs) but um 
But either way, I mean, like watching the first movie or like mm-hmm. watching the trailers for the first mm-hmm. movie, I wasn't sure what it was going to be about. Yeah. And then seeing it, I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And it like, was. It was pretty it cool. Was like, yeah. It was like huge when it released. And then I thought, like, all right, mm-hmm. there's no way they can top it mm-hmm. or even like match it. But like, I don't know. I'm also very indecisive, so I feel like I wouldn't be able to rank it or compare it against the first. I one. wouldn't rank but it, but I here's like, the thing: as far as sequels, I feel like we can go, safely, yeah, we can safely say that like it, it's not part of like that sequel cursed right. collection. Um, and it, it, it did really well. Like for a sequel, it wasn't just story for the sake of continuing the franchise it was like yeah they had a literal actual story to tell with these characters and they did it really well so that was cool that that was yeah and again I mean it took them six years between the Mm -hmm. first and the second which was nice but like Mm -hmm. they weren't just trying to turn this into like a bigger cash cow and they weren't yeah trying to figure out how many ways they could milk this thing for all it was worth Mm -hmm. I mean it's probably still happening. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure somewhere, somehow, they're still milking Frozen for every penny they can squeeze from it. Maybe. But um, at least as far as like making a sequel movie went, like they took their time. They made sure mm. that they had a story worth telling. And I feel yeah. like they definitely did enough to make it, again, it's like own movie, have a great story, an amazing soundtrack. Oh, yeah all of that and so, stellar voice cast again like props oh, course, to them yeah. guys props to them for just... after the success of the first one I feel like unless there was like I guess like a scheduling conflict mm. or like if something had happened or like somebody couldn't commit or like perform or whatever like there is no reason to get anybody else oh yeah Dude, others, they embodied these characters so well that you can't imagine anyone else playing them now that's the thing like it's right. just, yeah for sure for sure and with that guys we are ending this uh episode of our podcast because as you can tell we fully thoroughly enjoyed this movie and we hope you in stuck with and if you've stuck with us through our ravings and rantings for Frozen 2. Thank you. We appreciate you. And please let us know what you think as well. And we'll be back with another episode next week. Thank you, guys. Thank you. As always, our lovely theme song is Water Lily by the 126ers. The Nerdy Podcasts podcast is available on Anchor, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and you can follow us online at nerdy-podcasts.tumblr.com or at nerdypodcasts.wordpress.com.